Have you ever tried meditation but never made it a habit even though you know its benefits? Have you been disappointed by meditation, feeling that it didn't meet your expectations? Have you ever heard that meditation is supposed to make you feel a certain way, like make you feel relaxed or make you have a blank mind? All of this is what we're going to address in this episode. Hello there, I'm Ross. This is The Great Updraft and we talk about profound personal development. I've been meditating for nearly 10 years and I've taught dozens of people how to meditate, build a regular practice and start experiencing the benefits of meditation. And I'm always surprised by how people change within just a few weeks of practice. Like it doesn't take long for the benefits to start becoming obvious in people. You can find me on all the major podcasting platforms or head to thegreatupdraft.com, which is visited by thousands of people every month for lots of free resources and follow the link in the description for the accompanying article with this podcast. In this episode, what we're going to talk about is what meditation really is a little bit and specifically the best advice that I can give to beginner meditators. All of my students read this article before they start their training because it's really crucial, really gives them the backbone, the foundation they need before we start doing any meditation training. If you stick to the principles I'm going to give you here, just three simple tips, three very simple tips. You stick to those, you'll avoid a lot of the early pitfalls that people fall into. And what I've found is that people basically come into meditation with all these ideas about what meditation is supposed to be. And what happens is this then influences their early experiences with it. And basically, it stops them from really taking it seriously, making it a regular thing, and it just damages their ability to get the most from meditation. So what we're going to do here is we're going to start basically planting the seeds for a mature meditation practice from day one. Why do I say mature? Because a lot of these things that I'm saying, you'll come to realize them yourself as you do a lot of meditation and you see that a lot of the, the ideas you had about it weren't 100% accurate. Um, and I think it's good to have these ideas, just even if you don't see them right now, just to just be like, all oh, right, that's what I'm heading to. That's what meditation is really about, and that's what we're trying to do here. So let's get to it. My first tip for beginner meditators, and this is, this is something you're going to have to apply hundreds of times in meditation. It's not just for beginners, it's just part of meditation. It's to let go of expectations. What do I mean by letting go of expectations? Basically, when we start out meditating, we tend to come in looking for something, like to escape, to feel a certain way, to feel calm, to feel relaxed. Basically, we come in trying to feel different from how we are in this moment. And what we do is, and I see this all the time, what we do is we measure our meditation sessions based on how we feel during them. And I see this almost every time I teach a beginner's class, especially people who are coming for the first time. People who have been for a, <laughs> a certain length of time will realize that this isn't the goal. But it's a phase that we all tend to go through. And the thing is, these are legitimate goals. Like, who doesn't want to feel calmer? Who doesn't want to feel more relaxed? Who doesn't want to escape from their restless mind if that's possible? 
the the thing is that I would say meditation does help you achieve these things, but it doesn't do it in the way that you're you think it's going to happen. It's not that you're going to meditate for 20, 30 minutes a few times and then all of a sudden you're going to be this calm, relaxed person all the time. It's not going to happen. You're not going to get these things in the way you think you're going to get them and you're not going to get them as quickly as you think. You don't achieve these things by trying. You don't achieve these things by trying to achieve them. Let me be nuanced here. You don't achieve these things by trying to achieve them because that's like the dog chasing its tail. <laughs> it can never really it can never really get the tail because the tail is its own tail and it doesn't make the whole thing it doesn't make any sense. You're not going to achieve these things by trying to achieve them. As John Kabat-Zinn says and this is just a really amazing thing to remember. He says, quote, meditation is not relaxation spelled differently, quote. This is the founder of the mindfulness-based stretch reduction clinic the founder of the Western mindfulness, essentially, but not the founder, one of the main the people behind it, one of the people who's done most to promote it. If you come into meditation, you think you're going to close your eyes and feel a certain way with little effort, you're in for a rude awakening. Uh, that's the bottom line. You're, you're in for a shock because uh, it's probably not going to happen. And if it does happen, it's not really the goal either. So... <laughs> don't make it the goal. And the thing is, if if it doesn't happen, you're soon going to conclude that meditation isn't for us, simply because you have the idea that it should be a certain way. Some days meditation will feel relaxing and tranquil, yes. But other days you're going to be distracted, you're going to be fidgety, you're going to be sleepy, you're going to be bored. This isn't a bug. This isn't you doing it wrong. This isn't oh, meditation doesn't work, so I don't feel good today when I'm doing it. This is just what it is. It's like going to the gym. <laughs> you're going to have days where you're like, yes, I'm really feeling it. I feel like a professional athlete now because I'm lifting these weights and I'm doing my cross trainer or whatever, and it all feels really nice and smooth and lovely. That happens. Most of the time when you go to the gym, that doesn't happen. It's just you're slogging it out. feels like you're not really getting anywhere. Meditation is like, that's exactly what meditation is like. And it's not an issue. Don't make it an issue. And don't look for 30 minutes of bliss or whatever. It's really not what we're trying to do here. However, what I would say is if, if it feels relaxing and tranquil, you have to shift your attitude towards that as soon as possible. Because... It can be easy to get addicted to that and to think that that's what I'm aiming for. Oh, I feel relaxed. I mean, that's what I should be feeling. No, it's not. It's really not. <laughs> so let go of your expectations. Let go of needing to feel a certain way. Let go of measuring meditation according to some preconceived idea you have because it's probably not right. And this isn't because you're to blame. It's simply because these ideas float around I don't know where they come from but they're there <laughs> and we attach onto them and we're doomed if we do come in expecting hard work and a challenge but also know that reward is proportional to challenge I actually did a whole podcast on this that <laughs> applies to all areas in life not just meditation but certainly in meditation the rewards you get are proportional to the challenge they're proportional to how much you grow 
in your meditation practice. In the kind of meditation I teach, what is most important is not what you're thinking, what you're feeling, but it's how you attend to that. This is a weight off our shoulders. We don't have to try and feel a certain way. We just need to try and process it to be aware of it in a certain way. That is the goal. I've actually thought several times about when I'm doing advertising my public classes or the other things that I do is to do away with med- the word meditation. Just do away with it. Stop using the word. Literally, stop using the word. Everything else is the same. The practices do not change. We're not going to call it meditation. We're going to call it attention training. That's what we're going to call it. Because attention training doesn't carry this baggage of relaxation and calm. And it actually, it describes what meditation is, what mindfulness meditation is, which is a variety I teach. Attention is the standard here. Attention is king. If you're working hard to maintain your attention on your object of focus, you're trying to clarify that. You're trying to get a clear picture of what it is and what it's doing, its location, its size, its intensity, its movement, and so on. This could be the breath. It could be the body itself. It could be sights, sounds, thoughts, etc. Any object of awareness. If you're doing those things and you're also having equanimity or non-resistance with everything that is coming up, including distractions, including physical discomfort, including your emotions, including your thoughts, letting it all come up, letting it all be, as the Beatles said, let it be, (laughs) you're doing it right. Uh, It doesn't matter how you're feeling, doesn't matter what's going on inside. You're doing those things, fundamentally, you're doing it right. The effort is what counts here. And this, there's a deep explanation behind this, and I'm just going to touch on this quickly. Basically, what we're doing in meditation is training ourselves to identify with something bigger than the mind and the body, with our usual sense of who we are, with our operational sense of identity, shall we say. The sense of identity we need to operate in the world and get, get things done in the world. On a deeper level, we are... We are we can learn to identify with the field of awareness itself, with the background on which life and our senses unfold. And this field of awareness is already liberated. It's already free, no matter what we're experiencing. doesn't matter what we're experiencing. It is free because it's simply the space in which that happens. And in meditation, we're slowly training ourselves to take up residency there. We're training our attention to take up residency there, not relaxing into it, more like being aware of it and coming to realise that it's always there. If consistent relaxation is what you want, look for relaxation techniques. They'll probably do it just fine. (laughs) But know that meditation gives you something that goes way beyond just a little bit of relaxation, way beyond that. It gives you the skills you need to maintain a poise, a clarity, regardless of what's happening, regardless of whether you feel good, you feel bad, you feel relaxed, you feel tense, whatever. doesn't matter. You're going to have these skills all the time and you're not going to fight with your feelings. You're just going to let them be and you're going to see that you're actually much bigger than anything that's happening to you at any given time. Great. So all that was tip number one. That was just... Let go of your expectations. 
<laughs> Let's move on to tip number two then. This is don't repress thought. Don't repress thought. As I kind of touched on in the first point there, one characteristic of a mature meditation practice is the willingness to be with whatever we're experiencing. doesn't matter if it's pleasant, unpleasant, remarkable, mundane, or just a mixture. With enough training, you can learn to just be with it without needing to change it. You can let it be. And this can reach really high levels. And this includes thinking as well. We can learn to be with our thinking, even if it's crazy, even we're thinking about things that happened years ago, we're churning them over in the mind, the mind is crazy, monkey mind. We can learn to be with that without getting caught up in it, just seeing it, not buying into it, not identifying with it. Many beginner meditators believe the goal is to stop thinking. And actually, a lot of experienced teachers teach this. Like, I just I just fundamentally disagree with the whole premise of it. And, but this is the assumption people make. They make the assumption that my goal is to stop thinking. Even if I never say this, I never say the words, stop thinking, stop the mind, quiet in the mind. I never say that, never say that in my meditation sessions. People measure their meditation session according to how quiet their mind is. That is not what we're doing here. It's really not. You don't have control over your thoughts. That's not that's not an ability you have. Um, you can train yourself to have very robust attention in spite of what's going on in the mind. That is true. Doesn't mean you will ever gain the ability to control your thoughts. I don't think so. I don't think that's an ability we possess. It's true that meditation, uh, there there's studies on this, it's been done, that meditation prevent it lowers your mind wandering, it, uh, it gives you a better ability to control your attention, to direct your attention, to maintain attention in spite of thinking and to direct it away from thinking. But none of this means that you are controlling it and you have a sort of switch that you can just turn off. It's really not the thing. I think why people think this is because they see, one thing is because it's just sort of in the ether. It's sort of like an assumption everyone makes. But also the the image of meditation is like, is someone sitting cross-legged with a mudra, you know, their hands on their knees <laughs> in a mudra. And it looks like, all right, they must be experiencing like mental quiet, emotional quiet, mental calm, inner peace. Uh, I, no, I, I really don't believe that. Uh, it's it's not about content. It's not about having a blank mind. It's not about feeling a certain way, as I said. So we're not repressing thought. It's about attention. It's about processing. And there's a profound release, especially when we can process thought itself, optimally. There's a profound release and satisfaction in doing that, regardless of what we're actually experiencing. I like to think of a use this analogy sometimes of imagine you see a flowing river, right? This really it's been raining a lot and the water's <laughs> going at quite a fast pace, it's quite choppy, the river. And you say, right, I want to stop this river. So what you do is you you roll up 
<laughs> you're looking down from the bank, you roll up your trouser legs, you roll up your sleeves, you slowly get into the water and you're like, yeah, I'm going to stop this. So what you do is you walk into the middle of the river, you stand in the middle of the river and you're like, yes, I'm going to stop this because I'm standing in the middle of the river. I'm obstructing the flow of the river. I'm going to stop it. What happens? You'll find that <laughs> the most likely thing that's going to happen is that you're going to get swept away by the river. It's way too powerful for your your control of it. You can't stop the river with your body. That's what's happening with the mind. The mind is just a river. It's just a flowing, active, often constantly active thing that we experience. And the feeling of controlling it, of stopping it, is really an illusion. It's I, I genuinely believe it's not possible. And if you come in thinking, I need to stop my thinking somehow, yeah, it's really going to be... It's going to be a depressing experience when you realize that <laughs> most of the time you have no control and you that you think you're failing because you've not stopped the mind when really you're not failing. My practical advice here is to focus on training your attention. So whether you're working with the mind directly, which is something that I do in my classes, or if it's your you're noticing when you're lost in thinking and you're bringing it back to your object of focus, like the body, like sights around you, like sounds, like breathing, for example. Whatever it is you're doing, you're trying to alter your relationship to thinking. You're trying to work with the thinking mind in a different way rather than fighting against it. And I can tell you now that it's really not, it's actually find a lot more insight and freedom um, when I can skillfully work with my thinking rather than having a blank mind. I'd also say having a blank mind is also kind of an illusion because <laughs> if you look under the surface, you'll probably find there's still chatter or images there somewhere. Uh, I find a lot more freedom in working skillfully with my thinking rather than having a blank mind. Okay, my final tip for beginner meditators after tips one and two, which were letting go of expectations and don't try to silence the mind. Tip number three is to make it a habit. There's two dimensions to meditation. And this John Kabat-Zinn, reading John Kabat-Zinn made, made this very clear to me. There's two dimensions, right? One dimension is the growth. It's like going to the gym and getting muscles, going to the gym and losing weight, going to the gym and improving your cardio and improving your, you know, your, your, your numbers. Uh, the, that's one part of meditation. It's the growth. It's the skills you gain. It's the insight you gain and so on. On the other hand, and this is like the exact opposite, it's, a, it's a, the exact opposite, is meditation is a return. Um, meditation is a re return to clear seeing, shall we say. Don't really have a lot of time to go into what that really means, but just know that it's not about getting anywhere. It's not about, in this moment, it's not good. This moment isn't good enough. I'm not good enough right now. I want to change. I want to get better. I want my life to change. And meditation is going to get me there at some point in the future. It's the exact opposite. It's seeing that everything just is as it is right now. And we're coming back to it. We're seeing it in a very 
profound way in a new way that we've probably never seen before. And the the way this dichotomy resolves itself is that we are training, yes, but we're training to come back. But in that coming back, there is also a transformation in a weird way. Again, words get in the way here. You just have to see it for yourself. But the training is very important. So don't think, all right, I can just sit and never do meditation because I don't need to because everything's already perfect. And I am, I'm ultimately not separate from anything. And ultimately I have perfect awareness of everything. That's true in a sense. In another sense, it's really not. And we have to train. And it's clear that the studies on meditation done so far is very clear that hours of practice is a is the variable. It's like the the benefits and the transformation are directly proportional to the hours of practice. It's just you can't get away from it. And you'll find if you want to, you can read my articles about the science of meditation. Just search that on the website, Science Meditators. You'll find it. The differences between beginner, experienced, and veteran meditators are enormous biologically, biologically, neurologically, physiologically, psychologically, but also just in first person, in how you live life and how you process things and how you see the meditation journey. It changes so much as you practice more and more. So daily practice is crucial. When you persist in your daily meditation, whether you like it or not, whether it feels good or not, whether in any given day you feel like it's doing anything for you, you rack up the hours. Meditation becomes a habit and the skills become ingrained. And what happens is over time you start to see that this might sound dramatic and like a bit over the top and a bit like I'm making this up. I'm not. The more I meditate, the more I see that I cannot live without it. Like it's it's so fundamental to being a human being. It's such a fundamental skill that you need that you start to take refuge in it. I take refuge in it. It becomes a treasured part of my day, not just my sitting meditation, all meditation that I do. You can also find with time after you've done a lot of practice that you start bringing it into the everyday. I like to say monk in the world. You become a monk in the world, which basically means that you're living a normal life. You're doing ordinary things that most people do, but you have access to your meditative awareness. Your your skills are always there when you want them to be. Meditation isn't just 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour that you set aside during the day, although I would highly suggest that you continue to do that. Uh, it's accessible all the time. It's it's just there. It's it's ready, waiting for you when you want it. And actually, I've also heard, I don't think I'm quite at this level yet, but I've heard that over time, you are, you are being meditated. It's not, you are not meditating. You are being meditated because you've just done it so much that it's, it's on autopilot, total autopilot. So we'll see how that goes. But what we do in my classes is we do sitting practice and we do practice in movement. Um, and I encourage all my students to do that at home. They do sitting practice or they can do it lying down, kneeling, whatever, doing it in stillness for a certain amount of time every day and then practicing it in movement during 
a, a simple daily activity every day during when they're out for a walk, just doing something, doing it during everyday life. And by doing this, what we're doing is we're basically developing, we're getting a glimpse of what a mature meditation practice looks like, of what the deep end of the pool looks like in meditation. And ultimately, by practicing diligently, what you're doing is you're coming back home. And I said, this might sound like poetic or idealistic or whatever, romantic. It's really not. It's very <laughs> clear and obvious. And you you come back home uh, by doing all the training. You actually sort of go back the way and you come back to who you've always been and who what you've always been experiencing, but you've never maybe realized it coming home to a new experience of the body, a new experience of the mind, a new identity. Having done all that training, you're sort of turned inside out. And without the training, you're, you, yes, you have the clear seeing in a certain sense. Yes, you are already enlightened. As they say in a lot of spiritual traditions, that's true. But you still have to train. You still have to, you still have to get there in a certain way, which is paradoxical point is you need to make it a habit if you don't make it a habit you're not you're just you're not going to have the transformation that you're looking for great so in conclusion if you're a beginner meditator the best way to get something from this practice is to let go of your expectations in the early days don't try and silence your thoughts you're really going to get frustrated if that's what you're trying to do really not going to serve you if you're, you're trying to do that and practice diligently practice um again even if it's not obvious what's happening trust that it's happening trust that if you've got the right instruction which what meditation instruction out there is pretty damn good especially <laughs> the books and the courses and whatever that we've we've got nowadays just trust just keep at it there is also another tip, but I'm going to leave that to the accompanying article. Thanks a lot for watching this talk today. I've actually got online meditation classes, so head to the website to find those if you're interested in training with me. And take care. I hope to see you back here soon.